Hello and welcome to the You Matter to Christ podcast. Many of our listeners and guests call this podcast an experience because throughout the variety of extraordinary people we have on the show, you'll hear stories of overcoming trauma, hitting record-breaking business goals, people forgiving the unforgivable, and yes, even miracles that will shock and inspire you. On this show, you'll hear from professional athletes, entrepreneurs, and everyday people from all walks of life. Discover the profound truth that regardless of your background or circumstances, you matter deeply to the creator of the universe. You were made for a purpose, and you matter to Christ. Get ready for inspiring stories, personal testimonies, and uplifting messages that remind us of the unchanging love and grace available to all. And remember this, you matter to Christ. Chad Burmeister, and I'm your host of the Living a Better Story podcast. Today, I have someone very cool with me from just up the street in Boulder, Colorado, and that's Deborah Fryer. Deborah Fryer has her PhD. Uh, she's been in business for herself since 1994, um, so she knows a thing or two about a thing or two. And if you go to her website, DebraFryer.com, it says, train your brain for ease, abundance, and freedom. And isn't that what we're all striving to do or should be? So, Deborah, thanks for being here. Glad to have you. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, this is exciting. I'm sure you've had the same amount of snow as we have down here in the last couple of days. It's great. Don't you love shoveling? I, I do. And we just got the uh, the snowblower to work. So that's that's excellent. <laughs> well, so let's let's dig in. I like to ask a new question for 2022. New year, new question. So the new question is, if you were to think of your friends and peers and family and, and said, hey, what are the three words that you would use to describe Deborah Fryer? What do you think those words might be? Creative. Compassionate. And the next two is a toss up. Both are true and they're actually synonymous. One is confident and the other is calm. Mm. Confident means with faith. And when we walk with faith, when we walk with knowing that we are supported, that we are loved, that we are here on purpose, that we are unrolling our divine mission one step at a time, one decision at a time, it creates a deep sense of calm internally. So there yes. they are, creative, compassionate, and confident. Mm -hmm. I love it. Um, thinking back to when you were younger, you've obviously grasped the three C's that you just shared with me and you live that. Um, were you raised in Colorado? Where, if not, where were you raised? And what, what do you remember your passion to be when you were younger? I was raised in the snow country of Minnesota. So I grew up in, in snow. I remember snow banks that were bigger than I and losing boots you know, going to or from the bus where I would just put a foot in and I'd post hole into the snowbank and I'd pull out a stocking foot and the boot would be gone. And, <laughs> and it's such a hilarious memory. And, you know, sadly with climate change, 
we're not seeing that kind of snow on a regular basis anymore. You know, we're seeing massive amounts dumped and, and then huge dry spells. And here in Colorado, especially, it has just been crazy dry, which, you know, leaves us vulnerable to fire. So, you know, what are, what are the moments of, of things that I really loved? And I, and I think this is such a great question because I think it really speaks to my why in business. In Minnesota, we had four seasons and the winter was sledding and ice skating and hot chocolate. And, uh, you know, the summer was swimming in the lakes and capsizing the sailboats and, uh, you know, going for going for swims all the time and campfires and s'mores. And in spring was, you know, the beautiful flowers and fall was just these incredible changes of color. And I and I you know, really have these rhythms in my body and I have these rhythms in my business. And I think one of the reasons that I am so passionate about my business is because of climate change. And the reason I'm saying that is twofold. One, what the anatomy of money work is about is recognizing that our bodies go through changes, go through these constant expand, contract, this is the movement of the heart. This is the movement of digestion. This is the movement of breath. This is also the movement of money. This is the movement of productivity. This is the movement of creativity. You know, we go in bursts and nature is not productive 24 seven. And I had been running my business as if I didn't have to follow the laws of nature. I didn't have to follow the laws of biology. I was working often around the clock for clients. They didn't ask me to. I took it upon myself to pull all-nighters, and I also took it upon myself very often to work for free, not let them pay me, because I was so passionate about their mission. And of course, what that created for me was a lot of stress, uh, a lot of weight gain because I wasn't sleeping, I wasn't exercising, and, and a lot of stress because I wasn't letting them pay me, so I ended up being $100,000 in debt because I was basically subsidizing the projects I was creating for them. It was just Looney Tunes, but I didn't understand it until I did. And what I, what I came to understand was that I was operating against the laws of nature. I was just giving, 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 and even giving some more and not allowing myself to receive payment, not allowing myself to receive rest, not allowing myself to say, no, I can't do that project right now. We'll have to schedule you three months from now. You know, I was so afraid to say no to a client even though like they love me and they want to work with me, I was so afraid to say no, I would end up over committing and it, and it cost me a lot. It cost me a lot physically. It cost me a lot financially, cost me a lot emotionally. And so I really had to, had to completely turn my business model upside down. So that's one of the things that nature taught me about my business. The other thing that uh, I'm really passionate about is that, we can use our businesses to do good in the world. We can use our businesses to move money through our businesses to causes we care about. So, you know, it is with great joy that I get to be a legacy member of the Nature Conservancy and a major contributor to Audubon and, and the NRDC. And I get to contribute to a future that we're all creating right now. Every single one of us is creating our future right now by our thoughts and our actions, our beliefs, our attitudes. All of it is contributing to what comes next. So uh, my love of nature has, has been the thing that still fuels me, still inspires me. And I like to say I work for Mother Earth. She's my boss.
Mm. It, that reminds me of the late, great John Denver. Mm. Um, our friend of our family, Robert White, knew him really well and was on uh, the Windstar Foundation board. And so Robert now, we're, we're in fact holding an event in a couple of weeks at the, at the house here in Castle Rock. And, um, and I, I, so I rewatched a movie about John Denver and he's standing out there and he sees an eagle fly by, you know, Chad Lowe played, played uh, John. And, and he said, you know, I do it, I do it for this. And he was talking about the environment and the, uh, you know, his wife cut down a bunch of trees and he was a little disappointed in that. And, and, um, and then I kind of thought about my passion is I do it for them, right? I would replace the word this with them. And I think of all the people that are out there that are experiencing a gap in their life mm -hmm. and it's okay. How do we help them fill that gap? Yeah. So tell us about, you know, you made a conscious decision there to kind of learn from the laws of nature. Probably I find a lot of times with people on the show, there's something that happens in our lives, whether it's, I call it the buzzsaw of life, right? We hit something. It's like, Oh man, that cut my finger. What happened? What buzzsaw moments have you hit in life that you're comfortable sharing, obviously? And then was that part of your shift in, in thinking from how you think today? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there were a couple. The first was uh, probably in 2011. And I was sitting at the dining room table with my husband and I was bemoaning the fact that as a documentary film producer, my income was like this. So when I was on a project, I was feeling super great. When I wasn't on a project, I felt like I fell through the ice and I just felt like what's wrong with me. I have a PhD. I'm really smart. I'm an award-winning filmmaker. I'm a published author. Why am I such a loser when it comes to money? Why can I not figure this out? I should have gone to medical school. I should have, you know, been a real doctor. And he just looked at me and he said, if you want to go to medical school, why don't you? And I started in with a whole litany of excuses. I can't go to medical school. I don't have any medical training. I have a PhD in comparative literature. I can't afford it. All of my excuses, because that's what we do when we're about to make a big leap. And he said, just take a biology class. Just see if you like it. You don't even know if you like it. So just go take a biology class. So I did. I put my filmmaking on hold. And actually for a while I was making films and I was doing a post-baccalaureate pre-med program because I had to do that in order to apply to medical school. And so I took all the biology, the physiology, the anatomy, the organic chemistry, the chemistry, the psychology, the stats, all of it. And I did all the lab work and I was working in the anatomy lab, which I totally loved. I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. Uh, I used to run marathons and triathlons. So, you know, I'm super athletic. I've been teaching yoga for 30 years. So I'm very embodied and I'm very aware of the body. And I love just the physicality of living in a body. And I, so I just thought anatomy was the coolest thing ever. So fast forward to 2013 and I'm on my way. I'm applying now to medical school. I like my whole film business is on hold. I'm totally ready to go to medical school. And uh, 2013, September, were you in Colorado at that time? Major flood. I believe we were. Yeah, we were, we were just here at that time. Yeah. Okay. So in Boulder, there was a massive flood yeah. and this room that I'm now standing in was gutted down to the foundation. 
and the drywall and the windows, everything went away. And this is my film editing space, my meditation altars over here on the side, my yoga stuff is over there on the side. It was, you know, this is my spiritual home. It's my creative home. And it went goodbye. And there was a ton of built-ins worth about $50,000. All of that was trashed. So, you know, overnight I had no place to work. My meditation space was gone. My creative space was gone. And of course it's the foundation of the house. So this is very root chakra. Water came in. Water's all about the second chakra. Next thing that happens, two weeks later, my dad fell off his chair, dropped dead of a heart attack. So that's a biggie when you lose a parent. It is, it is very destabilizing. And, you know, one minute he's there and one minute he's not. And the next day, after my dad dies of a massive coronary, the next day I was working in the anatomy lab, remember? And it was my job to go in and take the heart out of the cadaver and prepare it for the students. And I thought, I can't, I can't. And then I thought, I can't not. I can't not understand what killed my dad. So my dad was a businessman who, not surprisingly, taught me to pull all-nighters, <laughs> taught me, you know, all the things that I was doing, which like I was totally cruising for that heart attack myself. So I took the heart out of the body and the cadaver also had died of a massive coronary. And you can see what that looks like because the heart is supposed to pump in a coordinated fashion. It's supposed to open, close, open, close, open, close, open, close like that. And it, and it goes like this when you die of a heart attack. And you could see that. I could see that. And I, and I stood there holding this heart in my hands, feeling the weight of the heart. And I could just feel like the entire universe just rushed in. I can feel it right now in this moment of sharing this with you. And I could see and feel in every cell of my body that I had been running my business backwards. I had been only giving, I hadn't been allowing myself to receive. I had only been giving, I hadn't been allowing myself to rest. I had only been giving and I hadn't allowed myself to just be. And I was so in the mode of doing, 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 doing. I didn't even know how to be. And like tears just started streaming. And I remember walking out of the anatomy lab that day and the aspens were gold and the sky was like the color of your shirt, just this incredible cobalt mm. sky that we get in Colorado. And I remember looking at the trees and saying, how do you do it? How do you transform so beautifully where people come from around the world and they're just in awe of you letting go? How do you do that? Because I'm so struggling to let go of being a starving artist. I'm so struggling to let go of my anger and my resentment and my not good enoughness. I'm so struggling with being an imposter and feeling like what's wrong with me. And the trees just said, watch us. We'll teach you. And that's really how it started. Hmm. Like Amazing. It, it's this divine embrace of nature saying, we've got you, you just watch how we do it. You just watch our rhythm and you're going to be fine. And I committed on that day. I'm going to, I'm going to do the Persephone. I'm just going to go underground. I'm going to sit on my meditation cushion. I'm going to walk my dog. I'm going to take long walks. I'm going to journal. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to cry. I'm just going to really be present with what's wanting to arise with the parts of me that I've never let myself 
feel or do or be or have. I was so used to giving. I was so used to like every, like all my energy was going out. And, and the message was, no, like this is your time to receive. This is your time to just be. Mm. To you. Mm. Wow. And yeah. everything shifted. You know, six months later, film clients were calling me and saying, hey, we have 10x the budget we had last time you worked for us. Can you help us out? And so like my business increased fivefold. It increased by 500% by me doing the inner work, not doing any more marketing, not, not chasing anything. People were coming to me and saying, we want you to create a project for us. And then pretty soon people started coming to me and saying, Deborah, what are you doing? And I would say, oh, no, no, nothing. I was, I was very shy about the spiritual practices, the inner work, the repatterning of my nervous system. I, w I was very shy about bringing the spiritual part of me and the scientific part of me together. Mm -hmm. And my very first client actually is a neighbor. And she said, I've lived across the street from you for 10 years and there's really something different and, and I want to work with you. And I said, I don't, I don't have any clients. I don't do that. And she said, now you do. Hmm. That's, that's really how it started. And then, you know, this whole business birthed because people, you know, started catching on. Wow. There's an easier way to make money. There's an easier way to do what I love. There's an easier way for me to have my authority, to have more free time, to be a role model for my kids and, and my clients and my family and my community. So it birthed very organically, but that was my buzzsaw moment was like, wow. I mean, know, that's such a, house, my dad it was a lot. It's such a visual with the heart. And it's, it, those are the moments in life where you just, it just, it comes into perspective. And I could, I could feel that like the universe is like, Oh, Wow, God! Yeah. and we all have it, right? Amazing. When we want to do it, when we want to have our next step, and we're scared, whether it's you know we're starting a relationship and our heart's been broken before, or or we're changing careers and what if it doesn't work, or we're leaving the corporate, you know, golden handcuff kind of situation where there's a steady paycheck, but I don't know if I can replace my income by myself. Whenever we're or we're going to move to another country, whenever we're taking a big risk, we feel this. Right. And it, it often is at the heart and it's often at the solar plexus. And that's by design. It's by design because it's like our body is saying, I got you. I got you. It's okay. And the squeeze is actually the catalyst that's going to get us to the next level. Just like oxygen is the catalyst that gets the you know, that, that, that makes the, the quantum leap in the electrons, the squeeze that we're feeling I now understand that everything is part of everything. Yes. Nothing is itself without everything else. The reason we feel the squeeze is because there's something inside of us that has expanded that's bigger, like we're a bigger version. We're growing from the inside out. So as we expand from the inside out, the smaller version is like, are you sure? And it's just up to us to say, yes, yes. I'm sure. Wow. There's a song that this guy Noah McElroy wrote and it says, it opens with, I know you question your worth. I know you doubt in your hurt. And then it talks about the birds, how they they don't have very big brains and yet they're fed every day. Uh huh. It's What's very much, uh, Noah McLeroy, MC, M C Leroy, L E R O Y. 
Huh, and cool. he's he had a very traumatic experience. Had COVID, went in almost. He had double pneumonia, almost died. Was going to put him on a ventilator, and it's like God was telling me for a year about Noah, and and I'm like, okay, you mean like Noah's Ark? So I flew out, I toured Noah's Ark, and I'm like, okay, um, hmm, still not getting it. Well, then we put this app out called Seventy Seven Pray, and it like bookends your day with a prayer. And the first prayer request that came in was for Noah. For his, and I'm like, oh, got it. <laughs> Why did I think of that? Well, then he, the people in there started praying for this kid. The same day, within hours, he got released. And he was supposed to go on a ventilator at age 23. Mm. And then his mom got it and she didn't make it. Mm. And it was like, it's, and he talks about the bittersweet pain, but he writes this so poetically beautiful. It's on Facebook and it's like, it's the, it's the time between the tragedy and the healing that's the beautiful pain. Like what you're, when you're talking about the squeeze mm-hmm. and the trees fluctuating, you know, like all of this is just 100% aligned. We are all together. The other story I would tell you is I met this woman in Steamboat who owns a bar. She won the lottery in 1984 or so for $40 million. And she said it was the best thing that happened and the worst thing all at the same time. Lost her husband, all kinds of crazy mm-hmm. stuff. And I said, let me, let me guess. The one thing, she goes, yeah, I've been through a lot of counseling since then. I go, let me guess the one thing that you took away. It's just be, like in the moment. Be. She, and her eyes lit up. She's like, wait, there's like 300 people at this restaurant bar. What are you talking about? How'd you know that? I'm like, cause that's, that's the answer. <laughs> yeah. So it is, it's, it's amazing that, we will be fed. We have to have the faith as we, ex- everything you're talking about is just so, so on point. We just moved to Castle Pines, Colorado, where my parents live, where I grew up. Bigger house, bigger responsibilities. And, and you can feel that just like the breath where it's like, it's okay. Have mm-hmm. faith. You'll, you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. You're right where you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Can I share <laughs> something about Noah's Ark since you yes, brought it up? Yes, I would love to hear it. That's what this is. Your heart is, how can I put this? I want you to visualize your rib cage. Mm -hmm. Your rib cage physically looks like an arc. Mm -hmm. Within the rib cage is what's called the pericardial sac. It is a fluid sac. It is a lake in which your heart is floating. Wow. And remember I said it's two by two. Wow. That's my understanding. Two by two. That's right. That's what's going on. Wow. That's what's going on. Yeah. Because God's was telling me, I was like, wait, God, are you telling me that it's a physical, like it's not a Noah's Ark flood this time. Is it a digital flood? I thought, well, with all the fake news and this, that, and the other, and people trying to hoodwink each other on all sides, you just say, what is going on? And, and, and you just, you just, yeah, you just hit it. (laughs) Oh, and I didn't even realize that we started talking about the thing that was the up leveling for me was it started with a flood. Right. And it landed me right here. Like this was where I found my safety. This is where I found my security. This is where I found my peace. Mm -hmm. And I believe that so many of these ancient 
stories, myths, uh, oral tradition, they are tapped into a level of consciousness that comes from presence. And, and we're, we're returning to that. We're returning to that. There are many, many people who are recognizing now that presence is the way and that polarity is not the way. Right? Polarity is the absence of, or, or not the absence, but it, but it yes. moves us away from presence. It takes us off kilter if we're you know, over here or over here and we find the stability right at the core. Yeah, Again. that is 100% on... What about, so Timmy Bauer is a guy who God talks to him and he's like, I've talked to a handful of people on here who are, oh, I hear from God. And I'm like, wait. And I actually, right after COVID, I had a very neat experience. Have you had a time in life where you're like, whoa, there's no other definition besides the, the divine came in and helped me through a situation? My understanding is that the divine is not separate from me. Mm -hmm. So if I am talking to God, I and God are one. And my understanding of this again comes from the trees, comes from nature. <clears throat> it comes from my experience as a documentary filmmaker. There's one envelope of air that surrounds the entire planet and we're all breathing the same envelope of air. My inhale, I'm breathing in oxygen, and through metabolic processes, I'm exhaling CO2. The trees are inhaling the CO2 through their metabolic processes, they're exhaling oxygen. So there is this infinite cycle between me and plant life. And the plant life is creating the O2, which is responsible for my survival. And I am creating the CO2, which is responsible for their survival. So there is a way that we're infinitely connected with our breath. When, when the one comes in, I call it the one. There's a beautiful Talmudic teaching. When we're born, God exhales, and that's my inhale. And I'm walking around as a spark of that. I'm carrying a spark of the divine God, prana, chi, goddess, life force, by whatever name we call it. Uh, it's non-denominational. It is non-sectarian. It is not political. It is breath itself. And as uh, someone who has spent four years uh, as a volunteer for hospice, and I sit vigil with people when they're in transition, this is beautiful Tupperware. But what animates this is the breath. And, and when the breath leaves the body, the body is a beautiful shell. And the breath must go somewhere. And it goes back to the one. So as I exhale my last, I merge back with the one. And right now, the universe is moving through me. It can't be any other way. The breath is animating me and you and all your listeners. Mm -hmm. <sighs> must be. And I'm also in the universe. And so are you. So I'm in the universe and the universe is in me. Breath is in me and I am in breath. And every element is moving through me. So I used to journal and pray and ask God to do X, Y, Z. And for me, I recognized that as a very... Uh, very deeply seated subconscious way of me continuing to see myself as a victim because I wasn't capable of rescuing myself. I wasn't capable of participating in my own self-rescue. I needed something out there to rescue me. 
and my understanding now and what I work with my clients to understand is that no, you are the creator of your reality. You are 100% responsible for your results by your thoughts, your actions, your beliefs, your actions, your kindness, your compassion, everything that you put forth in the world, everything that comes from you will come back to you tenfold. So do I hear messages? Yes, but they are coming from me. One of my mentors, Dr. Sue Mortar, says there's only one of us here. And I believe that's true. We're all projecting onto the outer world. How do we see it? If we see the world as as uh, being against us, and Einstein says this too, we either see the world as uh, as as a compassionate, kind place to live, or we see it as, as a world that is against us. Uh, and we're seeing this polarization, you know, all over the, the planet right now. There's There are many people who just see polarity, who see, you know, attack and battle and conflict, and it shows up in their relationships with, with their bodies. It shows up in their relationships with their friends and family and colleagues. It shows up in their relationship with money. And, and, the world of form down here on the earth plane is one of polarity, right? Like this is me and this space over here, I might say this is not me if, if I didn't understand that this actually is more me than this because I need this in order for this to be here, right? Like I can't be here without breath. Yes. So, you know, I hear and I listen and sometimes I hear and I ignore and we all do, right? How many times do you have a gut feeling how many times do you know instantly, oh yeah, that's the thing I need to say, or that's the thing I need to do, or that's the action I need to take. And then you spend the next day or week or month or year or decade talking yourself out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know the answer. Right. You <laughs> it's, know it's instantly. Right and there. that knowing yes. is in the non-conscious part of you. You know, I'll hear my clients say, I don't know where that came from. I didn't expect that. I didn't see that coming. And I'm like, yes. you're right. Because the conscious part of you has never experienced that. The conscious yeah. part of you only knows what it has already learned, already experienced, already seen, already remembered. The conscious part is actually the past. Yeah. It's, it's wild because last year I experienced three traumatic events. And one of those was my son being burned. Another one was an... Uh, uh, January thing. And then, uh, let's see, the third was COVID in September. So it was like, and I, I was literally down to 72 oxygen and it was, it was just a close call. <laughs> and, and, and then for about a month there, I could like, it's been said the movie's already been written. And so it's already kind of knows. And I started seeing people show up in my life where I'm like, wait, <laughs> you're that person, right? Like part people that are in the play that yeah. I'm like, Oh, wow. How'd you get here? This is awesome. And then it, and then it, like there was a window of a month. Now I can, I can consciously try to get back there, but my unconscious mind was conscious for about a month after uh -huh. all three traumatic events. Uh -huh. And so it's so fun when you can just slow the tape down. Meditation definitely helps you get up to 30,000 feet and look down and see what you're body's doing because it's like, Hey, you're in control of your body. Don't let other people control it. Right. And you're in control right. of your thoughts too. And That's so right. how many people let their thoughts control them? Yes. There's a new thing I'm working on. There's this company called Joyly and you should check it out. We're going to hold an event at my house later this year. She just pinged me this morning and said, how's June sound also? We'll do two. 
And it's, it's the chair of joy. And it says, sit in your chair, breathe, think about a joyful thought or two in your life, and then feel what happens as a result of that. It's a very simple. And those 60,000 thoughts of which 40,000 are negative for most people in a day can easily be shifted just by taking 60 seconds, two or three times a day like this. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's been fun. The app I told you about 77 pray, I think we're going to put in one or two of those joyful moments where you just sit, breathe, think, feel, and mm -hmm. then it'll, it, it's like a river that's going back to the water analogy. Mm -hmm. if, if it's just going and it's rushing down, well, mm -hmm. what, all you got to do is move, put, go like this and divert it a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's so simple. And mm -hmm. yet so many of us don't, don't, uh, mm -hmm. don't try to divert the river. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All we've got to do is hold out our hand and say, thank you. Yeah, we've got to just let go of the branch. If we're clinging to the branch on the shore, we're never going to be in the flow. That's right. And the flow is always flowing. We're literally live streaming. I know it looks like we're live streaming in the technology speak, but we're also literally live streaming consciousness. And yes. when we are aware of ourselves as consciousness, perceiving ourselves, having a life experience, it becomes joyful. That's, That's what we're right. made of. We're just made it's of joy. It's meant to be joyful. Yes. Yeah, it's meant to be joyful. Well, Deborah, it's been amazing getting to know you today. You're just down the road. Uh, check out joyly.com. It's a pretty cool thing. The lady's name is Cheryl Lynn, and she's fabulous. Uh, so awesome. Thank you, Frank, for sharing your story. If people want to get a hold of you, DebraFryer.com. Yes. Deborah yeah. with an H. D-E-B-O-R-A-H. Mm -hmm. uh, you can definitely check me out at DebraFryer.com. I also have a Facebook group where I'm in there doing live laser coaching around money, mindset, and how to really unlock your mind so that you can be unlimited, extraordinary, and confident, creative, calm, and compassionate as you move through your day. That is called the Anatomy of Money Academy. And you can find me there on Facebook and you're always welcome to send me a note and, and I'm happy to hop on the phone with you for a couple of minutes and help you discover what is the number one mindset block that you might be holding inside of you. Love it. All right, everybody, you heard it here. Deborah Fryers, thank you for sharing all of your Thank you for joining us on the You Matter to Christ podcast. We hope this journey has reminded you of the incredible truth that your life holds immense value and significance to Christ. As you go about your day, may you carry the assurance that no matter what you face, you are deeply cherished and loved. Remember, you matter to Christ. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with others who may benefit from this message. Stay tuned for more transformative episodes where we continue to explore the depth of God's love and grace. Until next time, remember that you are not alone. Christ's love is with you, guiding and strengthening you every step of the way. May your life be filled with hope, purpose, and the knowledge that you matter to Christ. <laughs>